Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Romans 1 and uh, before we get started and even before we go to pr- in prayer, I just want to quickly say that also in Psalm 16, which we're going to pray um, today, it, it's a good fit here with Romans 1 and I feel like it's really kind of the timing is just perfect. Also with Romans 1, I've recorded this a n- number of times and started over. And it's because, quite candidly, I see a lot of my country's actions and the direction we're going as a society in Romans 1. And I keep adding too much of my own commentary. So I'm going to keep this pretty straightforward with just reading, reading God's Word. I'm going to then also include some thoughts from A.W. Tozer, and that's it. So anyways, with that said, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for who you are. I lift up this time to you, Lord, that we would hear your voice, that your voice and your message would be what we hear, nothing from me. There's no good from me. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would be the one that guides us, that you would be the one that opens our hearts and our minds, that you would be the one that imprints on us your message. I thank you, Lord, for loving us. I thank you for not giving up on us. And I thank you for loving mankind, despite the fact that we keep repeating our mistakes. I thank you for all that you've done and for the way you care about us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So Romans 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to this, his earthly life, was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his namesake. And you also are among the Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8. First I thank you. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Because your faith is being reported all over the world. God whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. I pray that now, at last, by God's will, and I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. Paul's writing style and and pacing is a little bit difficult for me to read. So forgive me when I have long pauses. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have now been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I may have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. 
I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. And I could add in there, and money, and in, and wis, man wisdom, you know, verse 34. Therefore, God made them, gave them over in their sinful desires for their hearts to sexual. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways to do evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do those very things, but also approve of those who practice them. So it's a pretty challenging indictment on the human condition. The human condition when it doesn't have God, when it doesn't acknowledge God. So I wanted to read um, a few thoughts here from A.W. Tozer. And he's focusing on verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. He writes, and we're going to cover two topics, two, two uh, sections from his books. One's from the paths, of, uh, paths to Power and the other's from 
I talk back to the devil. The first one. The greatest event in history was the coming of Jesus Christ into the world to live and die for mankind. The next greatest event was the going forth of the church to embody the life of Christ and to spread knowledge of his salvation throughout the earth. It was not an easy task which the church faced when she came down from that upper room. Left to herself, the church must have perished, as a thousand abortive sects had done before her, and have left nothing for a future generation to remember. That the church did not so perish was due entirely to the miraculous element within her. That element was supplied by the Holy Spirit who came at Pentecost to empower her for her task. For the church was not an organization merely, not a movement, but a walking incarnation of spiritual energy. And she accomplished within a few brief years such prodigies of moral conquest as to leave us holy without an explanation apart from God. So, the church and its message being spread throughout the world would, can only have happened due to God being part of it. He goes on in his book, I Talk Back to the Devil, in his Reflections section. God is the deeper life. Jesus Christ himself is the, deeper me- is the deeper life. And as I plunge on into the knowledge of the triune God, my heart moves on into the blessedness of his fellowship. This means that there is less of me and more of God. Thus my spiritual life deepens and I am strengthened in the knowledge of his will. I think this is what Paul meant when he penned at that great desire, I want to know Christ, in Philippians 3.10. He was expressing more than the desire for acquaintance. He was yearning to be drawn into the full knowledge of fellowship with God, which has been provided in the plan of redemption. God originally created man in his own image so that man could know companionship with God in a unique sense and to a degree which is impossible for any other creature to experience. Because of his sin, man lost his knowledge this daily partnership with God. In the first chapter of Romans, Paul gives us a vivid picture of men and women whom God gave over to a reprobate mind because they did not wish to retain God in their knowledge, their foolish hearts being darkened. This is the Bible portrait of, a man, of man. He has a, that great potential of knowing God as no other creature can, but he is lost. And without God in his knowledge... His conduct is unworthy of his high origin, and his being despairs in its encompassing emptiness. That is such a perfect description of man. It's me when I walk away from God, when I turn my back on God. My conduct is unworthy. It is depraved. And then I have a being, a self, that is totally encompassed by despair. Not at first, but when I take and make idols that are not God, when I try to fill my God's space in myself that is only meant for God to fill, and I try to fill it with financial success, business success, other things, people, toys, I then become empty. The more I try to stuff in there, the more empty I become. 
It's only with God filling that space do I feel full. And that's what this journey is all about, is more of him, less of me. I want to know Christ. I want to know God. And to have that fellowship on a daily, hourly, minute-by-minute basis. So let's go back to God in prayer. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. It's a challenge at times, Lord, and I'm grateful. I know that without you, I'm just a, I'm pretty useless. And I I disintegrate or degenerate into just not a good, good person. But it's with you, I become so much more. Because you are the one who's in control. You are the one who's driving. So Lord, I lift up this reading. I lift up this day to you. And I just pray you'd be honored and glorified. I pray that we would, that I would learn more about you. And more importantly, I would learn how to be more of you and less of me. To keep giving you glory, giving you the honor and the reverence that you deserve and allowing myself to shrink away. Because when I fill that God space up with you, then I am completely satisfied. So Father, today I I pray for your guidance. I pray for your strength to do your will. And I pray for our friends and our families and our nation. I just lift it up to you. I lift all of them up to you, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.